You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we are joined by John Kegley as well, the Chargers Encyclopedia and an expert on all things that go wrong for the Chargers. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And Now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Welcome into all of our new listeners and all of our loyal fans as well, checking back in with us today. And today, unfortunately, we have more to talk about from that game against the Miami Dolphins. And we're going to start with Keenan Allen being very candid and honest, I would say, about the Chargers offense on Sunday, saying that they were confused going up against that pretty complex Miami Dolphins defense. So we're going to have to start with those comments and also talk about a couple of guys that got signed to the practice squad. And then we're going to do what we do every week and get into what went wrong and what went right for the Chargers on Sunday. So we'll have John kick us off with what went wrong, and then we'll wrap the show up in the last segment with what went right. We'll try to find some positives from a very, very bad day. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Monday, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen spoke with the media, and he said that the team was confused as an offense against the Miami Dolphins defense. This is Daniel Wade with your This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. So far through the Chargers tumultuous 2 and 7 start to this season, it has seemed like all of the players have been really saying the right thing and saying we're staying together and really it's been a sentiment of just keep moving forward and if we keep doing the right things, the right things will happen for the team and it was a little bit different in the press conferences after the Chargers last came against the Dolphins and Keenan Allen spoke out about the Chargers' struggles offensively on Sunday. And when he was talking with the media about it, he said, I would say we were pretty confused out there. And David, honestly, that's what it looked like. The Chargers knew they were going to get blitzed a lot in this game. They tried to run the football a lot to offset it. But overall, the Chargers' offense just looked confused. Yeah, they definitely did. And uh, it was something that was really affecting them I mean Keenan Allen went on to add that because the offense was so confused with the Dolphins disguising you know the best thing that they could do was run the ball to avoid any catastrophic plays and uh, man whenever you have a defensive front that is dictating what you are going to do and what you know you're trying to get done out there that's never how you want to run your offense and he also continued to say when talked about the season it's been like this since I've been here pretty much the last eight years we lost a lot of close games when we do have the lead we still lose and and you can really hear just how upsetting this has been I mean it's been extremely difficult 
to go through all of these football games that the Chargers have found new ways to lose, and it's clearly having an effect on the players. Keenan Allen's been here for a long time, and this season has been particularly difficult with the Chargers going 2-7. and seven. So to hear an, a veteran like that, Daniel, come out and say that they were confused should bring a lot of questions as to how they were prepared going into this game. And Chargers coach Anthony Lim was asked about their preparedness, and he said that he thought that they were prepared. He talked about special teams a little bit and talked about how there were some personnel issues and that some guys that were in this week will not be in next week. But for Keenan Allen, he's right. I mean, it's not just something that has started this year for the Chargers. Ever since he's been drafted, the Chargers, outside of 2018, basically have struggled in one-score games, and Anthony Lim's squads are included in that. And you can tell that it's starting to leak out the frustration about all of these games where they're within one score, even though this one seemed like it should have been more than that. And I don't think this will be the last thing that we hear from the players if this current coaching staff continues through the rest of the year. That will be the sounds of frustration and trying to really figure out where the next win is going to come from. But the Chargers also made a couple of transactions on Monday. They signed two players to their practice squad, running back Derek Gore and also wide receiver John Hurst. And Derek Gore is a familiar face that spent time with the Chargers during this training camp and the training camp in 2019. And John Hurst is a Division II product, David. And really for both of these guys, I think if either one of them were to get to the active roster, it would probably be through a lot of injuries to the Chargers. Yeah, that's very true. But also, Daniel, Anthony Lynn was asked about the special teams, and he said there are guys that are going to be out there that were not there before. So that that alluded to the fact that they're trying to make some changes, and they are brought in specifically for their special teams value. John Hurst, per The Athletic, Greg Allman said that Hurst made the Bucks' initial roster due to his prowess on special teams as a gunner. In other words, he was a valuable as a guy who can run down and cover kicks. It's well documented how bad the Chargers special teams have been this year, and especially so against the Miami Dolphins. So the Chargers bringing in some bodies immediately to try to shake things up and and get some more production out of a unit that has struggled mightily this season. Yeah, and for the Chargers, especially when you brought up a guy from the practice squad this week, Quentin Meeks, and he ends up getting a penalty that costs the team four points on a field goal attempt, you definitely have to get some new bodies in there. You just have to wonder if there's other guys on the practice squad higher up than these two newest guys that could get a chance before them. But are you going to keep them on their only four special teams attributions I mean we've seen the Chargers sit Joe Reed by saying basically he's a luxury player so I do think they should be giving basically any person at the end of the roster that's not absolutely essential on game day should be getting you know maybe swapped out for someone who could be better on special teams because as we've seen the last two games special teams have absolutely lost them games this season but we do have two more segments to get into and we'll be continuing our talk about special teams and how bad they were in the next segment, getting into what went wrong before wrapping up the show with trying to find some positives from a very tough game. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys that the number one app that I've been using during this pandemic has easily been DoorDash. It's where I usually get food, especially if I'm not trying to leave the house because between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you have plenty on your to-do list. So give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash Take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everybody on DoorDash. I know on just my app alone, 
I have access to over 300 restaurants and you can pretty much find something to eat anywhere that you live with DoorDash and you've counted on restaurants now they're counting on you and while their dining rooms may be closed they're still open for delivery with DoorDash and right now our listeners have a special deal just for them you guys can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter the promo code locked on all caps one word. Don't forget that's promo code locked on for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. This episode's also brought to you by Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. For Chargers fans, I'm sure you'll be watching this weekend hoping that the Chargers don't give the Jets their first win of the season and you'll need some Pepsi because it is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Alright guys, well it's time to get into what we do every single week and get into what went wrong in the game for the Chargers against the Dolphins. I mean, there's so many things to choose from whether offensively defensively or especially special teams but of course we do have our expert here in all things that went wrong who was actually at the game and got to see all of these problems up close and personal so John when you looked at this game against the Dolphins obviously so much went wrong for them but what would you put above everything else I would have to go with the game planning and the play calling for this week You have Keenan Allen saying that the team was confused by what the Dolphins were doing. So just that alone, the offense is not ready. The game plan is not ready. Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen don't have the team ready to recognize what the Dolphins are doing and what the backup plan would be. And then on the flip side, Tua, in an interview, said the Chargers basically on defense did exactly what they thought they would, a.k.a. Gus Bradley does the same exact defense every week is not changing it and it's pretty predictable what he's going to do and how to beat it you're basically just walking into every single game with the same exact game plan and you're not prepared and the fact that you can't even run an offense really well so you have to run it to avoid a big mess up play while you have a quarterback who is putting up major numbers that's embarrassing that's a big reason why we lost this game I can't think anything bigger except for maybe the special teams but even then I feel like if you move the ball with a good offensive game plan, the special teams isn't as much of a factor as it was. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously the special teams was a disaster, but at the same time, the offense didn't help them out at all. I mean, neither did the defense really for the most part. But to that specifically, I mean, even though the Chargers were picking up a lot of short yardage situations in this game, I mean, it really wasn't great play calling. I mean, a lot of those plays were still runs up the middle. But I think as a whole, I mean, the offense just didn't have an answer. And when you're talking about what Tua said about the Chargers defense, the Chargers should have known what was coming when they went into this game. I mean, the the Dolphins blitz zeroed more than anybody in the league going into this one. You knew they were going to disguise some pressures and things like that. And you still weren't ready. You didn't have the right, you know, hot routes or audibles or whatever the case was. You didn't have the right plan going into this to try to get the most out of your offense. And it showed basically all day long but I mean I think obviously you talked about the special teams and just to reemphasize how bad it was one more time Daniel Popper put you know most of the bad events 
in order. We talked about a lot of these yesterday, but you had a punt block the second time this season that set up the Dolphins at the one-yard line, committed four penalties, including an offsides that led to four more points for the Dolphins' offense, and then you returned a kickoff from nine yards deep in your own end zone, and you let the punt hit the ground. That gives up a ton of field position as well as just giving up punt coverage yards all day long, David. So, obviously, if we're going to talk about what went wrong, I mean, special teams for the second week in a row, literally just taking points away from the Chargers and giving points to the Dolphins. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the final score. I mean, if they don't give up those points on special teams, I mean, we might be looking at a different football game. I mean, it's really as simple as that. And we knew going into this game that the Dolphins were affecting the game in all three phases. They did that once again in this one. They had contributions on defense with the interception. They had contributions on special teams with the block punt. And we already saw what they did on offense. I mean, that they're a winning football team right now. They're they're doing all the things right, and the Chargers are not. And for me, the biggest thing that went wrong in this one is no pressure of any kind on Tua. He was comfortable pretty much all game long. They didn't get any sacks. They didn't really even get relatively cl- close to him. It was bad. It just shows you how impactful Joey Bosa is and how much they really need to add to the pass rush. I think this season, more than any other, has highlighted that they really don't have much ability to get to the quarterback without Joey Bosa on the football field, and it should be a major point of emphasis in the next draft. And they actually did blitz some in this game. We saw Tavon Campbell come on a couple of blitzes, and according to Pro Football Focus, he actually led the Chargers in pressure. I mean, but it seemed like whenever they would do that, though, the Dolphins were smart enough to check into a running play, run underneath that outside pressure, and that even turned into a big game. So, I mean, they were ready, and they outcoached the Chargers in every facet of the game on Sunday. And I think going to something else, John, that I think lends itself to the point that the Chargers didn't have really creative play calling. I mean, Keenan Allen said, I mean, they were basically just running because they didn't really know what the defense was going to do, and they thought it was a better way to, you know, not have a catastrophic incident happen for them. But it really just wasn't effective. I mean, there was a couple of drives in the game when it was, you know, where it worked out. But, I mean, a lot of that is, you know, getting three yards here, three yards there, two yards on third and one and stuff like that. So the yardage actually wasn't there. The chunk plays weren't there. And it just seemed like the Chargers took the ball out of Justin Herbert's or hands way too often in this game especially you know after a missed throw early on it just seemed like they were not going to let him try to go win this game and the Chargers only ended up averaging 3.6 yards per carry between the two running backs so it wasn't effective a lot of times it led to three and outs I think they have four out of their five drives in the first half ended up with a punt at one point so it's just I think that was another big issue was even though the run was working at times, it just seemed like they were just forcing it and then instead of just letting Justin Herbert get into a rhythm and, and be able to find some bigger plays. Well, it's really that they're just being conservative. Instead of on the sideline talking up a play, something that could work, what are you seeing out there? Could this work? What do you think the mismatch is? Instead, it's let's just audible to a run play. Let's not do anything bad. Let's not take a risk. That's conservative coaching. That's not going to win you games. He's, that's basically playing not to lose, which is something we were always on Mike McCoy about. And now here's Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen and these guys doing the same thing. We don't have this aggressive mindset of we're here to win. We're here not to lose. And part of that is going to come from, okay, the Dolphins are blitzing. 
We Herbert doesn't have time to throw. Okay, you can't. You're telling me you can't draw up a screenplay that you haven't ran all year. Something like the tight end runs a screen right in front of Justin Herbert, or the running back runs a screen right in front of the linebackers after they blitz. Something you haven't done this year. Most of your screens have been sideline and sideline. What about right in front of Herbert after the linebackers have already blitzed? So it's just something new that you haven't done that can get the the Dolphins second guessing themselves. It's conservative play calling. You're not going to win like that. And I also want to mention that we got, you you made a bold prediction way that Joe Reed could get a kickoff return if he plays this week. He got to get a kick return this week, and there was no blocking at all for him. He had nowhere to even go. I know they're going to say he'd return a kick from nine yards deep, but that was right before halftime with 24 seconds left. You might as well try to make something happen since you're going to kneel the ball. But all the other kicks, he had no blocking whatsoever. Are we ever going to even see a blocking kickoff return anymore? Ever since the, ever since the wedge has left, we've never seen real blocking for the Chargers kick routine. Yeah, and we've seen. I mean, even saw it on Monday Night Football. Uh, you can still take kicks back to the house, and the Chargers are getting opportunities. They're getting kickoff returns, and I mean, the group that's out there leading these returns is just non-coordinated. They're not making blocks. They're not opening up any lanes for Joe Reed. And one of those, I mean, I think he ended up getting like thirty plus yards, but. It was completely manufactured. It wasn't great blocking. It was just him, you know, having good vision and making people miss. But, I mean, that's just been one of the 50, you know, different things that has gone wrong for the Chargers special teams this season. But the running game, I mean, I thought that Kalen Blige looked pretty good again, especially in short yard situations. But it just seemed like they were forcing it. And to me, I think even though Justin Herbert has a bad day, David, and I think that has to be mentioned and what went wrong. I mean, he just looked off all day. I do think that has something to do with, you know, them not knowing what was coming, obviously, on a lot of the plays. Because guess what? Your offense isn't confused. If you go out there, you know they're going to blitz somebody and you have the right play call dialed in for it, which obviously, given these comments, wasn't the case. But I just don't think the Chargers did any favors for Justin Herbert on Sunday. And I think that's why, for the first time this season, he actually looked like a rookie quarterback. He definitely did, but uh, I I just hate the fact that the Chargers allowed the Dolphins to dictate to them what they were going to do in this game. I mean, it was very clear that, you know, even Keenan Allen said, hey, we ran because we didn't know what they were going to do out there. That's not how you're supposed to play the game. You're supposed to dictate what you want to do to your opponent. If you're, they're doing something you're not expecting, then you need to change things up, switch it up. I mean, they didn't do that, and that's the reason why they looked bad. And, yeah, Justin Herbert had his worst game as a professional, but he still made some plays out there. I mean, he still hit Keenan Allen on a touchdown, still hit Hunter Henry on a touchdown, ran a touchdown in. So he still did some good things, but, yeah, it was his lowest yardage total out there. He did miss some, some throws. He did throw the bad interception, so, you know, it, it was not a great game for Justin Herbert, but uh, after all, I think, you know, looking at his entire body of work, we expected a performance like this to happen, uh, but, I mean, it took us, what, seven, eight games for that to happen, so considering uh, everything that we've seen from Justin Herbert, I mean, we can just chalk this up as growing pains because his initial performances, his what he's put on tape so far has been very impressive. But I also have a question real quick. Tremaine Pope was active, right? Yeah. I, I believe he was, Where was yeah. he? I did not see a single run. He took off running against the Broncos, and Caleb Bel- he didn't have and a carry. Caleb Bellage w- took a took a a lot of good carries against the Raiders. Why did we not see Tremaine Pope with Caleb Bellage in this game? 
I, I really don't know, man. And honestly, that, that's got to be another thing that went wrong, could too, because we expected him to be able to get some of the carry. I mean, before he went out, Daniel, he was very decisive. He was efficient. He was running, breaking tackles. He was falling forward. I mean, he was doing a lot of things that you like to see out of your running backs. Yeah, I was pretty confused by that, too. Especially, I mean, Josh Kelly doesn't get that much of a run, but you would think that, I mean, Tromey Pope, after a full week of practice, especially with how impressive he was against the Broncos, 6.7 yards per carry, I mean, that didn't really make a lot of sense with me, especially since you decided to go with such a run-heavy scheme. But I'm not really worried about Justin Herbert. I'm not even really that worried about the Chargers' offense having one of their worst performances of the year. But, I mean, Shane Steichen, I think, got a reality check this week. But speaking of all of those things, but we do have to get into some positive things in the next segment, like Justin Herbert getting a successful quarterback sneak, which is something we haven't seen all season and much more, maybe not that much more, coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that every day, especially when I get home from work, I have a podcast later on the night. I need something to kind of get me through that wall at the end of the day and keep me going. And for me, that's a Built Go, which comes from the creators of Built Bar, the best protein bar. Now they're coming out with an energy supplement to get you through that wall at the end of your day. It's like a five-hour energy drink without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. They're easy to take with you with one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your pocket. You can put them in your golf bag or your briefcase. They're great for on the go. And and Built Go has three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And right now we have a special for our listeners. If you guys go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, guys. Well, I think this is definitely one of the tougher games to find any sort of positives in this matchup with the Dolphins. Because even though the Chargers scored, you know, three touchdowns in this game, it's still kind of hard to pick out any one thing that worked for the entire game or that had a very good game. So, David, you're definitely the optimist of the group. What were you able to pick out from this game as far as a silver lining or something that went right? I mean, honestly... (laughs) This one, this one was difficult. I mean, the Chargers did not play good football really in any phase. I mean, they didn't really do that well on, on defense. They didn't do well on special teams at all. And they only had a, sh- a few uh, examples of good things that they, did, that they did on offense. They had one drive where they ran the ball really effectively and got it down into the in, into the red zone where they were able to score. That's one thing that I liked. But I think overall, I, I think you, you saw something that's pretty historic, and that's Keenan Allen passing Charlie Joyner for second all-time in receptions in Chargers history. And it just, just goes to show you how consistent Keenan Allen has been year after year after he got away from the injury concerns. Now he's just a really, really good wide receiver. He is 366 receptions behind the Chargers all-time leader. And of course, that is the legendary Antonio Gates. Yeah, Keenan Allen, I mean, is up there with the best receivers in the NFL right now and one of the best in Chargers history for sure. I remember one of the first articles I ever wrote about the Chargers was it was coming off of a season-ending injury, I think, for Keenan Allen. But it was basically that Keenan Allen could become basically the best wide receiver in Chargers history outside of Lance Allworth at the time. I mean, he has been so good for them. So even though it would be nicer if it came on a day that he didn't just have three catches in the game and was brutally underused. But I, I still think it's hats off to Keenan Allen for all of the hard work he's had 
coming back from those injuries and turning his career into what it is right now, and especially him just getting that recent contract as well. But, John, there is one thing that I wanted to point out because obviously I had to grasp for very small things in this game to feel good about, but the Chargers faced a fourth and one on the goal line, and they decided to run a quarterback sneak, which is funny only because in the lead-up to it, there was like a timeout by the Dolphins. They had to go re-talk about the play again with Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen on the sideline. But after all of the chaos, it ended up being Justin Herbert who pretty much walked into the end zone. And the only other time we had seen him run a quarterback sneak was more in the middle of the field. And he just got absolutely stuffed. The offensive line got no push. But for this one time, John, the Chargers actually ran probably their first successful quarterback sneak in about six or seven years. And that is saying something. You actually have a running QB, yeah. and you finally did a quarterback sneak, especially with the size that he has. You find it on the goal line as well, right. which is a simple type of play. When you run a QB sneak, there's not much time for the defensive line to make penetration. You actually have a chance to actually find a way to get the ball to go one yard versus turning around, giving the handoff. And by the time the running back has the ball, there's someone in the backfield, and you're losing three yards. It's a simple play call, and you finally did it. And it's amazing how it took this long to do it, and you finally did it. And look how successful mm-hmm. it was. He literally walked right in. There was a big hole right there, just like you said, walked in. I, I right when I saw the play, I was like, I was like, is this gonna be a QB sneak? Finally, is it gonna be a QB sneak? The right when it was, I was like, bro, he just walked in. He just walked in. I I couldn't believe. It. I'm looking around like for a flag or something, thinking maybe the whistle blew and everyone just stopped. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how easy it was. He walked in. <laughs> He definitely walked in, and it helped him kind of go to my next uh, what went right, which was that Justin Herbert scored his third rushing touchdown on the year, which is only one behind the Chargers' record, which is four, which is currently held by Stan Humphreys from his 1992 rookie season. So Justin Herbert already has three, has a lot of time left to go. Uh, Very well could find himself at the top of this list in his very first year as the Chargers quarterback. Yeah, I definitely think he could. I think that he probably will unless they just decide to wrap him up in bubble wrap because the season isn't going anywhere. But, hey, I mean, that's not the worst idea. No, I'm just kidding. Justin Herbert has to stay out there. He has to keep continuing to get better. And although this was a bad game for him, he still was the first rookie in this game to go six consecutive games with at least least two passing touchdowns. So as far as historically – Justin Herbert is still out here setting records for a rookie. And, I mean, he's been so impressive that if this is his worst game of his rookie season, I mean, that's saying a lot, especially when you look back at how even a lot of the really great quarterbacks have started. But, John, one of the things that I wrote down on here, just because obviously this season has been a disaster and there was really not a lot to pick from in this game as far as things that went right. So, in my what went right part of this, obviously my – you know, mine might be a little bit in the future as far as the way I'm thinking about this year, but I just had the Chargers increase their chances of having a better pick in the 2021 draft because obviously, I mean, I'm not here saying tanking. Like you can't obviously, like you can't tank an NFL season. People get hurt if they're not trying out on an NFL football field, and obviously, that's a poison to the culture. So I'm not out here for the Chargers to tank. Obviously, I want them to continue to play hard all season, but. When I looked at this game, I mean, one of the few things I could think of as a positive for this game was the fact that the Chargers right now have the number five overall pick 
in the 2021 NFL Draft. Well, before I comment on that, I feel I wouldn't be living up to my nickname of the Chargers Encyclopedia if I didn't tell David that Stan Humphrey's four-touchdown season was actually his first year with the Chargers, not rookie season. He played two years with the Redskins before joining the Chargers, so I feel like I had to have a nerd moment. But <laughs> Of course. Thank you very much, John. <laughs> but <laughs> as far as the draft pick goes, it's, as much as I want to say that sounds good, do we really trust that we're going to actually get what we need with that pick? I mean, we're, we're being told we're going to get a top tackle in the league with that pick. We're in the running for it. But when it comes down to it, are we going to select that pick? Is Tom Telesco going to actually pick an offensive line for once? And then is that offensive line going to be healthy? Because Tom Telesco loves to pick injured players. I have a hard time believing that that's actually something that goes right. And I'm with you. I don't want to see a team tank ever yeah I don't believe in it it's a dumb move especially when there's been teams like the Browns that have tanked to get guys like Johnny Manziel then he's out partying and now he's not in the NFL at all you know it's too big of a gamble to do I would say though that maybe one thing that goes right is despite how bad a lot of the tackling and everything was the defense somehow was still trying to find a way to keep the team in it the offense was still playing bad but you were still in the game for the second half as bad as we played you were still in it and had a chance so I feel like that has to be something you have to mention maybe that somehow some way no matter how bad the Chargers play in a game at some point they're still in it somehow yeah it does always seem like they're in it. I mean I think it, it seems like a much closer game if the defense doesn't give up a rush on third and seven for 17 yards and makes the Chargers burn through all their timeouts or even if Justin Herbert hits Mike Williams when he's wide open in the end zone before the two-minute warning, I mean, that could be an extra play that gets stopped, and now you have at least a little bit of time. I mean, look at Kyler Murray. He didn't need very much time for that Hail Mary. At least give yourself a chance. But the Chargers have given themselves a chance all season long, even though they have been a bad team. I mean, this was the first game that they didn't really look competitive, but... At the end of the day, they still did enough to be in the game, and they could have made it much different. Had they capitalized on something I forgot to talk about with what went wrong on the three interceptions that they could have had. So I think that could have made the game look a lot different. But the defense also probably wasn't as good as the total yards and things like that. Ended up saying just because of you know how many yards the special teams unit gave up. But this is what went right, and we were able to find some silver linings for this game but that is going to do it for today's show we'll be back with you guys tomorrow we have a bunch of voicemails to get into so if you guys want to get on that show the number is 323-524-7924 try to keep the voicemails short and sweet get a question in there and we'll probably be able to get it on the show but until tomorrow guys make sure to follow us on twitter at locked on lac and like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there and make sure to subscribe because that is the fastest and easiest way to get the show every day. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.